Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. I'm sure those of you that follow along pretty regularly are realizing that I did not have a podcast come out on Friday like I normally do. Um, so many things happened. One of the things that happened is we had to get new phones and <laughs> that was on Friday and my phone is still loading. So modern technology, we are dependent on it, but it is our ruler. So there's been a lot of things. Also just, you know, Friday was the last day that my son Zion was in town and I decided that I wasn't going to spend that day or the days with him doing a podcast. So I know that everybody listening understands that. You have to prioritize what is important to you. And this podcast is very important to me, but obviously not as important as my own children, (laughs) as it should be. So this is going to be a short one. Mainly, I just wanted to check in with people And what this podcast has sort of become for me is also a check-in for myself. It's a time for me to talk to you. And I am a verbal processor for the most part. I do a lot of internal processing. And then when I talk it out, either with myself or you know, with a person sitting next to me or on here, it kind of helps solidify the thoughts that I have. So I've been thinking a lot about the holidays. And I realize for some people, the holidays are not yet over. Even even people that are celebrating um, Christmas, you know, the holidays are not over. I know that... Um, Kwanzaa is, I think we're kind of in the middle of Kwanzaa right now, or we're not at the end of Kwanzaa. And Hanukkah, we're in the last couple of days of Hanukkah. I also know that for people that celebrate Christmas, um, some of you aren't done. Some of you are still traveling, Maybe for some of you, New Year's is wrapped up in the whole thing. So I'm aware that it's not over for everybody. I think for me, it is closing. It's closing down. I mean, I have little things that I'm doing with friends. Like yesterday, I went to my friends, Jess and Natalie's, and we did our Christmas exchange And I got some amazing homemade gifts from them, which that's my favorite thing. And I got an amazing mug from my friend Tamara. And it is a travel mug. She's a potter, so you should check her out. I've mentioned her before. And on the mug, I'll I'll do a picture of it so everybody can see it. And on the mug is an archer. And I think it's a picture of me, I think she said. So it's me shooting. And she created a, um, what do you call it, a template and carved it out into the clay. It's amazing. So we did our gift exchange because I just, when we were in the thick of 
prep for Christmas. My sister was coming and Zion had come in and school got out late. And so everybody had stuff to do. And I said, why don't we just, I have your presents, but why don't we just hold off and do something afterwards? So we did a mini Christmas together. They made brunch and we just talked and ended up processing a lot of, not even what had happened at Christmas, but holding that space for painful, difficult family situations. I know that some of you had to go to places where people do not see you. They don't see your partner. They don't acknowledge who you are and that is very painful. I also know that some of you are not allowed to go to family or not invited because you're married to a woman or you're not married or whatever your situation is and your family doesn't accept it. So I think by the time, I don't know for about for you, but by the time Christmas is ending, for me, holding the painful things while also trying to be present can take its toll a little bit. So my sister was here with her husband, and it was good. We had a good time. There were four dogs in the house. And, you know, we we are very close and get along, and there's still tension. Because there's so much that comes with the holidays. There's, you know, Zion coming home and wanting to be with us and wanting to be with his sister and also wanting to see his friends and all the stuff. So what I'm doing today, now that everybody is gone, I'm kind of thinking about it, thinking about what is coming for the new year because for me all the new year is is it is a time for me to go what is coming and what do I want for myself and I really like to pay attention to that I like to pay attention to it for me personally for me and my business for me and my relationship with Todd for me in my relationship with my children just the different movements. And one of the things that keeps coming up for me is my need to hold tightly onto things. So last year, and I'll get into this more um, as we get closer to New Year's, but last year, I don't do um, resolutions. I just think that for me, that's a total setup for failure. And um, it feels very shaming to me. If you're into it, that's fine. For me, it's like, no, I'm not going to do that. But I do set intentions for myself. And you might be thinking, well, that sounds very much like a New Year's resolution. Well, I think the difference is, for me, an intention is kind of like a North Star. When I feel that pressure, like last year, my intention was not to grip so tightly. And I did, uh, I think, an IGTV post about this last year, 
<clears throat> just to loosen my grip or my control on things. So, for instance, if I'm feeling panicky about, you know, people not signing up for workshops or am I doing enough in my business or whatever, <clears throat> that can start to give me a lot of anxiety. And that anxiety doesn't do anything for me except for create more anxiety and more spin. It doesn't help me be more present for myself. It doesn't help me be more present for my family, my clients. And so what I tried to do without intention is every time I felt it and remembered to just say, I'm loosening my grip now. I'm loosening my grip now. And so last night, my sister and my brother-in-law stayed one more night with us on their way back to Montana. And so we were doing fun stuff, talking, but the night was kind of like, you know, go to bed. I went to bed really later than everybody else because I was reading and then woke up super early because they were leaving and wanted to say goodbye and help them get ready, all that stuff. And so my sleep pattern was all broken up and there was one point where I just felt panicky about what I'm doing in my job and, you know, clients and workshops and all of the stuff that I have limited control on over. For the most part, we all have limited control over most things in our life. But it doesn't matter if if it's true because I still could feel myself start to panic. And so I just said, I caught myself and I said, I'm loosening my grip right now. I'm loosening my grip right now. And I let it go. And so... That's what I'm thinking about right now. What is my intention for the new year? I woke up kind of feeling angsty because I'd overslept and I was supposed to do something today. And because of the chaos of the morning and saying goodbye to them, I had overslept and didn't have a car to get where I needed to go. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so some of that was just the morning. But some of it I could feel the pressure now that everybody's gone, there's a vacuum. Zion's back in LA, my sister and Jacob are on the road back to Montana. Life is starting for me again. That brief moment where I kind of had to manage my job while company is here, but I had, you know, not put any workshops while I had company. <clears throat> so my schedule was pretty clear. Um now I'm feeling that pressure. The floodgates are opening. I'm feeling the vacuum of time lost, all of that stuff. And I'm feeling the pressure and I didn't really know what to do. And so I was kind of doing what I know how to do. Just whether it works or not. If you don't know what to do in a, in a particular situation, do what you know how to do. Do your tools. And so I... Got up, had my coffee, did some breathing, and then I walked through the house and kind of cleansed it. And kind of, not because anything was dirty or weird, but I could feel my own anxiety. And so I just went through each room of my house and said, I am releasing control 
I'm letting go because I'm realizing some things about myself that I want to let go of. I want to let go of my need to perform and my need to control and all of those things that kind of make it seem like there's not enough time in a day. And if you do any work in the Enneagram, you might know about the subtypes. Um, Okay, so it's social, sexual, and self-preservation. And as I understand it, most people are pretty high in two, and then the one that they're not as high in, high-functioning in, whatever, is the one that they need to work on. Well, I am high in the sexual, which is the intimacy, and super high right now in the self-preservation. And I'm not going to get into what those mean, but I will say that for me, for the most part, self-preservation shows up in me feeling like there's not enough time and really I'm not doing enough. And so I have this constant pressure to that there's there's a scarcity of time. So if there's a scarcity of time, I'm never going to get enough done. There's not enough time to have, you know, self-care. There's not enough time to have real connection. There's not, it's just, I'm always feeling that pressure cooker. And I've really been, I've known that I was high and those aren't bad things. Those aren't bad things. Like self, none of those three types, subtypes are bad. They're all good. It's just who you are. I love that I um, really crave intimacy with people where I want to know them. I want them to be seen and heard. And that's a high value for me. But I think what I what I'm at the crossroads on is I don't really know how to create more space for not feeling that time pressure like there's not enough which definitely goes into a mantra that I've had most of my life that I've been working on for the last you know 10 or 15 years which is I am not enough that's been on the back burner. I've talked about it on here before. Just, um, you know, just on repeat in the back of my head for my whole life. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And so it makes sense that it fits into my subtype. But I was reflecting on this the other day and I went, okay, so I know this. What do I do about it? How do I not let that rule me? not let that stop me from doing certain things because I've already decided there's not enough time, there's not enough money, there's not enough, you fill in the blank. And so my practice, as I've talked about on here, my practice is to then go, well, I don't know what to do, but I'm not going to shame myself because I don't know what to do. When you know what to do, you do it. Or at least you try. You try to make that your, your way of being in the world. And so, going back to what I said earlier, I did what I know how to do, and what I know how to do is I know how to do rituals. 
that mark time. I know how to say to myself, I see this thing in me. I don't know what to do about it, but I'm definitely not going to shame myself because that does nothing to move me forward or create space for change. So I'm going to trust myself that just like everything else that we've been through, when I look at this thing, when my inner voice says, here's some things that you can do, here's some changes we can make or try this, I will be poised to listen. And so the ritual I did in my house was I did a cleansing, I walked through every room, kind of holding that subtype issue in my head of there not being enough of me needing to control. And I walked through each room poised to say, yes, this is the truth about me right now. But there's been a lot of truths about me over the years. And this truth is not set in stone. It's not a constant. Just like everything else, we're, there's a movement within us and I am moving with the movement within me. And when my inner voice says, hey, pay attention, I have learned to pay attention and to follow its leading because it usually means I'm ready to look at that thing. So keeping that in mind, I moved through my house saying a mantra. You know, I'm, I'm leaning into something different. And I moved through every room. Brennan and her friend are asleep downstairs. And so I didn't go in her room, but I went in our bedroom, the office, the dining room, the living room, the kitchen, the bathroom, into my office, down into Zion's room, and then came back up. And, kind of, and then lit some candles and kind of just sat here with myself. I, I don't want to be a victim to my life. And so much of my childhood, I was made a victim by the people that were supposed to be my protectors and supposed to have my back and not put me into precarious situations. Or if, like, can happen, I ended up in a precarious situation to at least get me out of it or help me process what happened to me. They were not equipped for that. So I have created the container and I'm still creating the container of giving that to myself. So when you think about, because often when we're in the pressure cooker of like a holiday, for some of you, you're still in it. So it brings up what we need to work on. So if I am feeling the pressure of time, the pressure of money, which I, for some reason, the first year that I haven't felt the pressure of money, the pressure of relationship, the pressure of not enough, because it's bombarding me in you know my conversations with people or my sense of urgency or my anxiety, then that is something that my inner voice is like, maybe it's time. So when you get to the moment of calm and you can pr- provide that soft spot for yourself to land where you can go, okay, there's no shame in this. This stuff comes up for everybody. 
So let's look at it. If we can't look at it right now, I'm saying to my inner voice, I'm saying to my child self or whatever you want to call it. I like to call it inner wisdom. I, you know, to say to that, that thing, that person, whatever, it's safe here. I am safe for you. We have survived so much. We can look at this thing. Maybe for you, you let somebody say something horrible to you. And you don't want to do that again. You don't want to do that again next year. You don't want somebody to body shame you or body shame your children or manipulate your children. So a good example of this is um, Zion came home. We were, you know, under the pressure of now because he's flying. So he's not bringing all that stuff with him, you know, and school got out right before Christmas that we had my family had a bunch of Christmas shopping to do. Usually we are ahead of the game. So Zion is like, I'm going to do this for Brennan. I'm going to do this for these people. And for Tunny and Jacob, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write him a letter. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, do you want to get him anything? Or, you know, maybe you should think about something that you could make them or blah, blah, blah. Anyway. And then later on, he was Christmas shopping with his sister and Todd and I were having an intense conversation in the parking lot of Fred Myers about how much the holidays bring up painful childhood stuff. And all of a sudden, I was smacked in the face with what I had said to Zion. That I gave him the impression that a beautiful letter from him, what he would say to his aunt and uncle about how much they mean to him and how special their relationship is, was not enough. And so I got on the phone and I said, Zion, I need to apologize to you because what I said to you was wrong. Your letter is more than enough. It is a good present. It is a thoughtful gift. It is compassionate and loving. And I want to apologize if I gave you the impression that it wasn't enough because I was wrong. So whatever we kind of catch ourselves in is snagged up. And maybe we didn't have the wherewithal in the moment to do the sorry to ourselves or to the other person or make the change of, I'm not going to let myself be body shamed. I'm not going to let myself be cornered and manipulated. Maybe we weren't able to do that this year, but we have a reflective component that we can put in place for what is coming. And I'm not even talking about next year. I mean, you have a whole year of working on it you know, to kind of be reflective with it. But there are plenty of things, you know, New Year's is coming. There are plenty of ways that you can kind of just pay attention to your inner voice, your inner wisdom to go, I want to make a better, softer place for myself. Going back to that mantra that I wrote a a couple months ago, I will be the soft place for myself to land. What can you do to be the soft place for yourself to land when you're thinking about maybe what you wish you wouldn't have done? And I think that that's really important, that reflective component of being able to go, yeah, I didn't do that, but shaming yourself 
is not going to create the container or the space or the reflective component to make the change. It just isn't. It's not kind. It doesn't create what you need to kind of filter through some of the sad stuff. So maybe you were in a place where, I mean, I heard a story about some people that I love going to a place where the grandfather doesn't just agree with them being lesbian and being together, but is pretty much, it goes a step further, like will not even acknowledge them in the room. So they go to this Christmas, family Christmas, and he will not even look at them. I mean, it's complicated because it's also, he's got a thing about women, women doing powerful things, you know, it's all loaded with patriarchy and other bullshitty things. But think about putting yourself in a place where you're in an intimate setting with family and the, and the patriarch of the family will not even look at you or acknowledge your partner, who you love and who you share a life with and who cares about you and is all the things. It's just so wrong. So I'm not saying, I don't know what the best situation for them is. I'm not saying they shouldn't go. That's their decision to make. I'm saying, what reflective component can you put in place so the same hurtful outcome does not come to pass? And I think that that's, for me, that's what I want to carry into my intentions for the new year. I grew up in a cesspool of shame. Shame for spilling your milk, shame for being sensitive, shame for being a girl, all of those things. So creating more shame for myself is not something that I'm interested in. But creating an environment of reflection and compassion is what I'm interested in for myself, for my children, in my marriage, and in my relationships with other people. That's what I'm interested in for you. How can you be reflective? If you could sit in a moment of silence with yourself and go, okay, for the most part, that was pretty good. I did this this year different. I did this this year different. I created chosen family for me, or I went and joined a choir so that I wouldn't have to participate in the things that I feel pressured to participate in, or whatever you did good. Hold space for that stuff that you did good. There was a specific moment for me where I was in a situation, and I won't go into it, where somebody said something to me, and it was hurtful, and they didn't mean it hurtful. I, and If you knew the story, you would understand. It was just their understanding of a certain situation was different than mine. And for most of my life with this particular person, I've just let them have their own story. And I was sitting there and I was like, no, not this time. I'm not going to do that this time. And so I was able to go think, because they also held this beautiful piece in the middle of it. And I was like, I really appreciate you saying that you want this thing with me and you want to change this particular thing. I think that that's beautiful. I love that. Thank you. I said, I also see that this is your perception of this situation. But my perception is actually different. 
here's my perception. And then we laughed and we talked about other things. It wasn't, it didn't have to be super serious. It just was, hey, this is my perception of the situation. And then I got back to the house, went into the bathroom and said to myself, I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you for saying what you needed to say. And so if you can hold those two things at the same time, like what did you do for yourself that however small, however big, changed some things for you? And then at the same time, sitting in silence with yourself, what are some things that need a more reflective component? And then if you are interested in creating intention, bring that into the new year. Like my intention for the new year is I'm going to hold over the releasing my grip for sure. (laughs) I got a lot more work to do on that. But I am also going to bring in a joyful component of there is enough and it's okay. There's enough and it's okay. And so what I do with those is then I usually spend New Year's, you know, if we go to a party, Todd and I always create time to go, what's what's our family thing for the New Year? What do we want for our family? One year it was the year of free beef, which is, if you're from America and you know the tire company, Les Schwab, they always do this <laughs> free beef special, which is like you get tires and then you also get this box of free beef. <clears throat> it's not free, obviously, because you're getting tires. But that was just Todd's way of saying there's so much out there for us. And so we do like an intention for our family, an intention for our relationship with our children, and our intention for our relationship with each other. And then I do my own intentions. So... I just want you to hold that space for yourself. So my recap is think about what you did that is life changing for you. So honor the work. How can we move through creating space and reflection if we do not honor the work that we do and that we did? Even if it is super tiny, honor the work that you did. And then... Create a ritual or, you know, for me, I went through my house, I, I lit some candles, I sat in silence with myself, and I held the space of reflection that I want. The reflection of the things that were complicated, the painful things that happened to people that I love, and then the reflection of what I want to take into the new year. What is my intention? And I haven't figured it out totally yet, but I'm on the path. Because I like to hold appropriate space for that. Because I take it seriously. I want to be reflective in my life. I don't want my life to happen to me. And again, it's like, I don't have control over that. Sometimes life happens to you. But when you're creating room for reflection, when life happens to you, it doesn't catch you off guard. So you're creating the container that can hold the emergency situations, the, you know, refrigerator breaking, washing machine breaking, and car breaking down all at the same time. So be present with yourself, honor yourself, 
and go into the new year with reflection. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing it with your friends. Thank you for helping make this space something that I can keep doing because if nobody's listening to it, (laughs) I'm just talking to myself. And I've heard back from quite a few people that it's meaningful to them. So that is very special to me. I love knowing that it means something to you. Because there's so many people I miss. And when I hear from you that it helped you or you're thinking about that too. Or have I thought about this? I love that. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. That you are worth knowing You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. And please take care of yourself. I love you. Bye.